Hello and welcome to Catholic Bites, a podcast for busy Catholics. This is Father Conrad, and I have with me Catholic Bites royalty, uh, Father George Elliott, the founder, one of the founders of Catholic Bites. And, you know, technically in this arrangement, the the head of our um, little Catholic media company here. So not only, Father George, are you a powerful priest, but you're a handsome priest and a holy priest. So welcome back to Catholic Bites. I don't pay you, Father Conrad. <laughs> you, you don't, don't pay, pay me. any That's of right. that. <laughs> Maybe we can remedy that if I, if I say enough nice things. No. <laughs> I'll take that back. <laughs> <laughs> Father George, we are going to... Um, uh, talk a little bit about an image uh, today that maybe actually when you mentioned this topic, I was like, oh, that's right. I don't think about this that much, which is that um, the fact that St. Paul uh, was a priest and a bishop and and he did priest things. So how do we know? What do we what do we what do we know about St. Paul's priesthood? Yeah, so I think the, the first thing that we have to do is is look at kind of the, the, the Bible speak for this idea of offering mass, you know, obviously like what do priests do? Well, priests offer sacrifice. And so what do Catholics, Catholic priests do? They offer the holy sacrifice of the mass. And uh, it really struck me as I was um, working through the, the latest book that I wrote called um, Behold It Is I, that, um, wow, no, we have real records of St. Paul offering mass, just doing the normal priest thing. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about this, um, the, the, the Bible speak um, of, of what they're talking about when they, they say a few things. So, I think the, the easiest place to see it is uh, in Acts 2.42. So, Acts uh, chapter 2, verse 42 and following, it says, And they held steadfastly to the apostles' teachings and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to the prayers, and fear upon and, and fear upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. They sold their possessions and goods and distributed them to all as any had need, and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they partook of food with glad and generous hearts. Mm. And so in that passage, it, it talks about this breaking of bread twice, um, which you know, people who, who don't believe that, you know, what the Catholic Church teaches about the Eucharist oftentimes say like, oh, yeah, what they're talking about is is eating, you know, having a community yeah. meal. Um, but does it seem kind of strange to you? I, it seems strange to me that uh, breaking of bread, having a meal is listed among the apostles teaching fellowship and prayer. Mm-hmm. Like, why is it that it's listed? I mean, it, and it says even they held steadfastly to these things. Like, yeah, no, no, no. They were, they were really serious about lunch, yeah. you know? And then, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I'm really serious about lunch too. So. <laughs> <laughs> I put that up there with prayer and holding fast to the apostles teaching as well. <laughs> mm, get a good, good lunch in. <laughs> and then later on it says, and, and breaking bread. So it says, and attending temple together and breaking bread in their homes. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like, all right. So they went to the temple, but they never packed a lunch. Like they always, they always ate in their houses. They partook of food with glad and generous hearts. Like, yeah, you know what? They loved lunch. That's such <laughs> a strange 
thing to state. And so I want to, you know, kind of open up that this breaking of bread is is not actually uh, just merely having a meal, right? Mm-hmm. Christians didn't dedicate themselves to eating. They grew quickly, but that was in in numbers, not in size, right? It was it was all about um, this real focus on uh, what we understand to be the mass, and you can see that actually in the words of the mass that we use today that are quoting the institution narratives when it says that you know on the on the night before he was betrayed, Jesus took bread, blessed it, broke the bread and gave it to his disciples. And you can actually see in a lot of different places in the scriptures, those four verbs being used yeah. to describe this action of, of offering mass. And then, it, you know, over time, it kind of got shortened down to just the breaking of the bread. Mm-hmm. And so with an understanding of this breaking of the bread, then we can really dive into what we mean um, when we talk about, you know, St. Paul offering mass. Mm-hmm. Um, and for any priest that likes to get a little wordy, uh, we um, we have great consolation in in Acts chapter twenty verses seven and ten. It talks about the longest homily ever. Uh, <laughs> the, the the story of the the man falling out of the window, right? So yeah, says, I was going to ask about that. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you preach so long that the guy falls asleep and falls out the window, but luckily Saint Paul's there to to heal him and to set him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Maybe that's why we keep our homilies a little shorter. <laughs> well, so, Someone so falls out the window, we can't do anything. <laughs> not to follow that rabbit hole down too quickly, but like St. Justin Martyr in the second century writes about the mass and he says that the, the, the president or the presider at the mass preaches as long as he has strength. And I always thought, thank God that's not the standard that we're judged by. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not what you do, Father? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, podcast for busy Catholics, right? That's what we're doing. <laughs> um, yeah. So Acts chapter 20, uh, verses um, 7 through 10. Um, so I'll go ahead and read all the verses in, in context there. It says, on the first day of the week, when we were gathered together to break bread, Paul talked with them, intending to depart the next day. And he prolonged his speech until midnight. There were many lights in the upper chamber where we were gathered. A young man named Eutychus was sitting in the window. He sank into a deep sleep as Paul talked still longer, right? Turns out that the the teenage boys slept during mass at that time too. Um, (laughs) And being overcome by sleep, he fell down from the third story and was taken up dead. But Paul went down and bent over him and embracing him said, do not be alarmed for his life is in him. And when Paul had gone up and had broken bread and eaten, he conversed with them a long while until daybreak and so departed. And they took the lad away alive and were not a little comforted. Um, And so some of the things to just point out that I think are, are really cool, how it kind of all ties together the Last Supper, what Paul is doing, and even, you know, some of the masses that we experience uh, today you know, first off, it said that they were in the upper room, just like Jesus Christ at the Last Supper was in the upper room. So Paul still chose to kind of keep that same type of a space. Um, and then what I think is kind of neat is it says that, you know, there were many lights in the upper chamber where we were gathered. Um, you know, we have that beautiful tradition of having candlelit masses mm-hmm. that you know, if you've ever been to one, it's this super powerful experience to just 
um, you know, be in the darkness with the candles flickering and the holy sacrifice being offered right there. You know, that's essentially what they were doing. It was this candlelit mass. Um, and Paul, as some priests do, got a little bit wordy. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, he falls out the window, they bring him back to life. And then Paul goes back up there and he decides like, okay, that's enough for the homily. Um, and he, he, he breaks bread, right? He kind of enters into that Eucharistic sacrifice and then eaten. And then he continues to talk with them uh, after mass, right? The classic gathering after mass was still happening <laughs> or it was even happening at that time. Um, and so I think that's, that's just such a beautiful thing to think about that, you know, St. Paul, who was this great bishop, this great preacher, uh, really what was so close to his heart was also the holy sacrifice of the mass. Um, and then there's one other place that I, I like to point out too, um, that is a little bit debated, but I'll show you the text and kind of make my argument and um, everybody can, can take it with a grain of salt, right? So um, the last one is in Acts chapter 27. Uh, it says, as it was about to dawn, Paul urged them all to take some food saying, today is the 14th day that you have continued in suspense and without food, having taken nothing. Therefore, I urge you to take some food. It will give you strength since not a hair is to perish from the head of any of you. And when he had said this, he took bread and giving thanks to God in the presence of all, he broke it and began to eat. Then they all were encouraged and ate some food themselves. We were in all 276 persons in the ship. And when they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship, throwing the wheat into the sea. So I'm sure everybody picked it up there as I was reading. It uses those not four verbs, but he gets three of the verbs, mm -hmm. right? So he says, and when he had said this, he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't say, and, and, and gave it to the disciples, right? That's the fourth verb that's usually used with this. Um, but if you think about it, that would make sense. He's on a prison ship, mm -hmm. right? So you're living with a bunch of <laughs> criminals and sailors, um, many of whom probably had never encountered Jesus Christ, certainly were not baptized. Um, they were not believers. They, they were not ready to receive. They were not properly prepared to receive the Eucharist. And so it makes sense that, you know, yeah, he wouldn't have given it to anyone. It was almost kind of like a, a private mass, you could say, mm -hmm. that Paul offered in, in, on that day before he knew he was going to go through this great trial of the shipwreck, but God was going to save everybody. He said, you know what we need to do today? Offer mass. Um, and it, it seems that that's exactly what he did. And I think the, the fact that it highlights that he took bread and giving thanks to God, broke it and began to eat kind of highlights that, that it wasn't just food. It was actually bread that he specifically took. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, even Paul on, at that time when he was in a certain sense, kind of terrified, didn't know what was going to happen. He knew he was going to survive, but wasn't quite sure how it was going to happen. He chose to, to turn to the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass for strength, which I think is just a, such a cool thing to think about, um, you know, for, for us and for any Christian that in those times of difficulty, uh, when we know a great trial is coming, where do we turn? Not to food, not to Netflix, not to whatever else, <laughs> to the mass. Yeah. And I think it rounds out that figure of St. Paul for us really of, of seeing, we, we hear so much about his preaching. We hear so much about his travels, but to see that his understanding of himself, and we'll, we can't, 
we don't have time for it, but we could we could talk about what he says about the Eucharist and part of our own uh, words at Mass that we use come mainly from from his uh, tradition that that his priestly identity was present uh, and and was very motivating uh, factor for his action that he knew what he was doing that he was serving as a priest uh, that he was serving to offer himself. Uh, as a sacrifice, as he as he mentions, but also to offer sacrifice on behalf of his people. So, you know, to be honest, I had never really thought about this question, Father George. So, thank you so much for for sharing it uh, with us, with with the uh, with the listeners. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. And what's the name of your book again? It's called "Behold, It Is I: Scripture, Tradition, and Science on the Real Presence." Okay, so that's the book you want to avoid when you go out to the bookstore. So, no, just <laughs> kidding. Go pick it up. It looks great. Uh, I got a copy in the mail, which I still have to read. Um, (laughs) Father George, thank you so much for joining us on Catholic Bites. And thank you, everyone, for listening. If you like this episode, you can find other great Catholic content on uh, CatholicBitesPodcast.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or I think the Laudate app or uh, wherever else. Um, And uh, we really appreciate you. And uh, thank you and God bless you.